Hello, and welcome to Sheep River Library's podcast, recorded in our own brand new recording room. Sheep River Library serves the Diamond Valley area and the surrounding foothills. Come listen to a variety of topics, including getting to know the staff, book recommendations, upcoming events, and people who run our wonderful programs. Our mission is to support lifelong learning, satisfy curiosity, stimulate imagination, and preserve local history. For more information, check us out on our website or Facebook page, sheepriverlibrary.ca or sheepriverlibrary. We have decided to make this episode into two parts. It was reaching the 40 minute mark as it was, so we decided that it would be just easier to listen to if it was in two separate sections. The second part of this episode is being released at the same time as the first part, so you can listen to that right after this one, and we hope you do. On today's episode, I'll be interviewing the amazing staff here at Sheep River Library. We'll learn about their various roles and experiences, as well as a bit about their personal lives. One thing I already knew, but had reinforced today, was that librarians have a hard time picking just one favorite author or one favorite book. This episode is coming to us in late October instead of the scheduled September. We did have quite a few staff away that led to delays in the recording, and we hope that you enjoy this episode a little later than normal. First up, we have Gitta Graham, who is our assistant manager. How are you today, Gitta? I am really well, thank you. How oh, are you? I'm really well too. <laughs> so you're kind of my office buddy uh, here at the library. We uh, work right next to each other, so I have a feeling it's going to be a great interview. <laughs> Sounds really good to me. All right. So Gitta, um, I know that you're the assistant manager, but uh, overall, how long have you been working here? Very long time. <laughs> a very long time. I am the staff member here who has been at the library the longest by far. I started working at the library when we were still in Black Diamond, when the library was in the old basement of the town office of Black Diamond. Um, I started working in February of 2009. Before that, I volunteered for a couple of years because I moved to Turner Valley in 2007, and the first place I sought out was the library, and then shortly after I started volunteering. So I've been here for a very long time, and I've been in this building since we moved in. Wow, there you go. So you've been here longer than Jan. (laughs) I have. Wow, that's great. And then I have another question for you, um, because you had started off as the assistant manager. How has your role evolved over the years? I started working as a very casual staff person, as most people start here, um, at $10 an hour. (laughs) (laughs) And I had a few shifts here and there. Um, I walked in whenever I was needed uh, pretty well what we have with our current casual staff. Then I got a bunch of training and more responsibility, and I got more work and more work and more responsibility as time went by, and that's where I am now. There we go. Well, and a lot of people know you for working at the library and a couple of other things in the community, but uh, what's something that people might not know about you? What people might not know about me, uh, I'm not from Canada originally, and most people probably know that. Most people probably don't know that I'm from Lithuania. And for those of the people in the community who may not know where that is, that's in Europe. It's a small country in Europe on the Baltic Sea. We are one of the three Baltic countries that were part of the former Soviet Union. 
So that's where I'm from. And one other thing that people will not know is that in my previous life, back in my home country, one of the jobs I did, I worked with the blind and uh, visually impaired athletes. And I was international level referee for the sport of goalball, which is a, a sport for the blind people. You have a ball with bells in it, and you roll it on the floor, and there are tactile lines on the court so that the blind athletes know where they are and how to navigate the court. It was very interesting. It was a very interesting part of my life. Yeah, I had no idea that that sport existed, let alone that you (laughs) helped out with it. (laughs) Well, you go homework, look up goal ball. Goal ball, okay, (laughs) I'll have to do that. All right, and then um, my last question of the day is, do you have any book recommendations or a favorite author that you'd like to recommend? That's a hard one. How much time do you have? (laughs) (laughs) I know it's hard for librarians. Uh, We have so many to recommend. (laughs) Um, I really, really enjoy a contemporary author from Texas. Her name is Catherine Center. I've read all the books that she has written, and my very favorite of her books is Happiness for Beginners. I would recommend it for anyone. But the reason I enjoy Catherine Center's books is mostly because she has very strong female protagonist in each book. Mm-hmm. So, But Happiness for Beginners, if you have not read it, read it. There you go. You are good to enjoy it. And it's it's made into a movie now, so the movie is also super good. Yeah, I was going to ask, uh, do you know where people can watch the movie? The movie is on Netflix right now. Yes, it's a Netflix original, so it probably will stay there. Awesome. Well, I just got Netflix, so I'll definitely check it out. (laughs) Amazing. All right. Well, thank you so much, Gitta. And uh, I'm going to see you in like two minutes. But uh, hopefully the people (laughs) listening will come into the library and then they can ask you more about Gold Ball or Catherine Center. Thank you, Tegan. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thanks. (laughs) Same here, Gitta. All right, so next up we have Jan, who is our manager here at the library. Um, You've worked here for quite a while, Jan. How long have you been working at the library, and what do you enjoy most about it? I've been here 12 years. I came in 2011, about two or three months after we moved into the new building. What do I enjoy most about it? I would have to say it always comes down to the people. So whether it's working with the staff or the patrons that, that come in, I like the fact that every day is not the same and some days you come to work and you don't really know what you're going to be doing that day and then, you know, a patron comes in and asks some questions and, you you know, you end up on doing something that you may have never done before. So I think, you know, that's the thing I love about it and I I love being in our beautiful space Mm -hmm. and we have so many interesting and unique spaces within that. Um, So, you know, you're not necessarily in your office all day. So I really like that. Yeah, Yeah. I I like how we're always getting, you know, new quilts in or uh, new art displays Mm -hmm. and upgrading things. So it's always evolving here at the library. Yeah, it's always always changing. Yeah. 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 Speaking of change, how is your role evolved over the years? Uh, Well, I think uh, it's changed in a few ways. Uh, We have more staff now than when I came and um, staff working more hours. So um, I'm... um, not having to do as you know as much at the circulation desk and things like that. Um, I think probably um, handing off you know some tasks that I used to do I can hand off to other people now. Uh, I think um, it's developing the programs has been a you know a big part in seeing that change over the years the, the different things that we're offering. 
that's changed. And I think, you know, just a, developing a different skill set. Um, technology has become a much bigger part of library life. And um, and that's constantly changing too. So I think, um, you know, so you're having to always be learning all the time something. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, the role of the library manager or director would be constantly changing. Yeah. All right. Um, speaking of different changes mm-hmm. and everything like that, uh, what are some challenges faced by librarians in the current information landscape? Well, I think that comes down to two things. One is, is always the changing technology. When mm-hmm. I came, um, video conferencing was the big new thing. And so we were uh, providing video conferencing and we had equipment specifically for that. Um, you know, we worked with the RISE Network to bring in courses that way. We could do meetings with other uh, librarians and the Marigold stuff. We could meet that way. And now we don't have that. Like, that's gone. Uh, that technology doesn't exist because it got superseded by FaceTime and Zoom and all of those kinds of technologies have taken over. So um, along with that is is the whole thing of budgets and funding. You've got to be able to pay for the stuff so um, you know you're buying equipment that you may not have for very long Mm -hmm. uh, that may become obsolete do you want to invest in that or not what is the new technology going to be what's that going to cost us so I think there are the always the challenges Um, libraries never have enough money that's municipally funded for the most part plus you know province will kick in money and then you know you're applying for grants and things like that to pay for stuff so those I think are the two big challenges now facing it um, you know the fact that you can now borrow your items in e-format we've definitely gone that way somehow that's got to be supported um, so those I think are the two the two big challenges and I, I would say probably always will be mm-hmm. the challenges that we face is how much money do we have and and what technology can we support with the money that we have yeah, with uh, the library as we are right now yeah. and with those challenges and everything that we talked about a little bit earlier, uh, what do you think makes this library unique compared to others? Well, I think libraries in small communities always have sort of a little bit of a unique flavor to them because, um, you know, you're really very reliant on um serving the needs of that community so what does that community want so I think we're very unique in the way that we have this amazing facility which a lot of smaller communities don't have we were just very fortunate that the timing worked out that there was um, stimulus money from the federal government in 2010 that we could get our hands on to get the facilities so um, and that is what people say when they come from other communities driving by they come in and can't believe that we have this beautiful building in this tiny town so I think that makes it unique. I think the fact that, um, you know, well, we're pretty committed to um, providing programming that the community wants. You know, we'll, we've tried some pretty unique things in the past that other libraries don't have. Um, you know, we have a drumming circle. We recently, for quite a few years, had the the Rambler group. Now they've split off to the hiking group to, to become their own organization. And we do our Out Loud series. We bring do the concert series because we have the space. A mm-hmm. lot of libraries don't have a, a space where you can seat 120 people, um, you know, to do a concert. So, um, you know, and we have a great Friends of the Library organization that provides funding for us to do to be able to do some of that stuff. And I know a lot of smaller libraries don't have that either. So I think there's a lot of factors that make us unique. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And, you know, we love to form partnerships with groups in the community. So we work with the school librarians and we work with, um, you know, the Leos, the Lions group. We work with um, Literacy for Life and MCG Careers and all these, um, the, the um, Greater Foothills Family Centre, the, Sel- the Sustainable Living Centre. So we work with a lot of groups. Mm-hmm. Um, what's another one? Oh, the, the uh, Energy Co-op. Um, so we work with a lot of groups and I think they bring ideas to us and we try to implement those ideas and, mm-hmm. and I think that helps yeah that sort of makes us pretty unique yeah, yeah I think our library is definitely a community center yes. yeah, and definitely. a lot of collaboration going yes. on between the different groups because they're also the patrons that mm-hmm. come to the library the people who are with the sustainable living center yeah. are also people who have been coming here with their kids yes. and have been coming for a long yes. time so you already have that that repertoire with them and I think it's a great idea just sharing mm-hmm. everyone's knowledge and yes yeah well we certainly want to be inclusive and working together with people and and having that kind of collaborative um sort of spirit about us yeah yeah, yeah. all right Jan so I have one more question before we go yeah. um do you have a book recommendation or a favorite author you'd like to recommend oh this is always a hard one for me <laughs> Because <laughs> I like so many different things. Mm-hmm. Um, at the moment, I like um, a couple of authors I really like. Is I like Catherine Center. Oh, get us and, the same thing. Yes. <laughs> and she, like, it's a light read, but very good. Mm-hmm. And her characters are very human, like very normal people that she writes, facing challenges of some kind or another and how they overcome those challenges. So uh, they're quite applicable to most people. And she's become very popular out in the general world now. There's a couple of books made into movies on Netflix now of hers. Mm -hmm. So she's an author that I quite like. She would describe herself as being a romance novelist, but she's much more than that. Like they're not like your typical sort of romances that is running through the the stories. So if I want a light read or something like I will read her. Um, But I also really like the... um, the gruesome, deep, dark murder mysteries as well. Um, so there's a lot of authors I like in that field. I love Anne Cleves. I like Michael Connolly. That would be probably two of my top top favorites. Tess Gerritsen would be another one I really like too. So it just depends on the mood. And, of course, being a, a literary uh, English major, uh, I love the classics. So mm-hmm. you can never go wrong with Jane Austen yes. or Charlotte <laughs> Bronte or um, ones like that too. So there will be times when I just pick one of those up and, and want to read and enjoy that too so yeah well those are some great recommendations (laughs) thank you so much for coming in jan and i hope the people who listen to this podcast come in and maybe pick up some of those recommendations and know a little bit more about your role and libraries in general Mm -hmm. especially ours in our community lovely thank you so much thanks jan In order to keep this podcast under 30 minutes we have had to trim a little bit of doris's interview We have saved all of the missing bits and will release a special bonus podcast. So be sure to check that out. It'll be released a few days after our main one. So next up, we have Doris, who's another regular staff member here. Been working for quite a while at the library. Doris, uh, how long have you been working at the library and what do you enjoy most about it? Oh, and also hello. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Golly, I think I've been working at the, for sure I've been working at the library for 10 years or more. I started volunteering when we were in the basement over at Black Diamond, and I remember being part of the moving day to come over here, and I just can't remember was I, I think I was still volunteering 
then, but very quickly came on staff part-time. So let's just say 10 years or so. And then what do I enjoy most? Yes. I always say to people, when I tell them about my life here in Diamond Valley and I get to work in this beautiful building, I describe my job this way. I say, who comes to the library? The answer is happy people. There's very few grumps, almost none, not even worth mentioning, but mostly when people come to the library, they're always happy. And I love interacting with those patrons. And I especially love helping patrons get a book, find a new author. It's a happy day for me when I can put a new book or a new author into the hands of patrons that I, well, it doesn't matter if I know you or not, but I Ask me, if you say to me, oh, I'm at a loss for who to read. I I fell out of reading mysteries and now I want a mystery story. Or I'm tired of um, pot boiler bestsellers. I want something in nonfiction. I am your gal because <laughs> I will find you an author that you like. That's true. I always, uh, I try my best at giving book <laughs> recommendations, but I always say, if you really want some great recommendations, talk to Doris. You always have the best recommendations. I, I If you ask me what, what to... What am I poorest at? I can, that's a long list too. Anything to do with a computer, but anything that I'm best at, I, I love that. I love books, talking about books, talking about patron, talking with patrons who read books. So that's my favorite part of this job. Well, with being here so long and interacting with so many interesting people, can you share some interesting stories or anecdotes from your experiences as a librarian? Twice. What comes to mind is twice I have picked up strays, (laughs) stray homo sapiens, uh, and they became wonderful friends. So the first time, not the first time, one one of those people is uh, a young man who would come in throughout the winter to borrow snowshoes. Um, I think he had snowshoes, but his girlfriend didn't. I guess that part doesn't matter. But big smile, called me by name, chatted about where they were snowshoeing. What, What a treat when Ben bopped in through the door. And then spring was coming and he said something like, well, this will be the last time this year that I'll be borrowing snowshoes. Pretty soon it'll be fly fishing season. And I'm certainly not a fly fisherman, but my husband is just getting to know the rivers here in Southern Alberta. Mm-hmm. And we chatted a little bit about that. And Ben said, oh, that's me too. I'd, I'd love to meet your husband. And yes, it's better to go out in twos sometimes. Blah, 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 blah. So that was that, except when I got home and told Al this little story, I finished up by saying, and the only thing I did wrong in that whole interaction was that I didn't invite him home for supper. Darn it. (laughs) But because I had his name and number to arrange a phone call between these two uh, beginning fly fishermen, by golly, I called him up and told him if he could swing it, come on over for supper. I'll be there, he said. Do you like red or white? And we got that settled. And so he became a lovely friend, and we're still very much in his life. And then the other memorable friend uh, was Carlos, who I met, chatted with at about 5 to 5 on a Saturday afternoon. And normally I'm happy to stay late. But this particular day, Al and I were going out for dinner. I had my eye on the clock. It had been very, very slow. So I interrupted this gentleman and just said, five-minute warning here. I'm going to try to be going home in five or ten minutes. 
And he was surprised that the time had gone by so fast. Yes, he wanted to go too. He had only dropped into the library to check his emails. He looked like it was May and he looked like a cyclist. He was dressed with as a like somebody biking down the road. Mm -hmm. And so he said, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it's five o'clock already. Yes, I, I definitely want to get going. I need to find a place to camp tonight. Oh, I said, where, which way are you headed? South. I said, oh, to Longview? He said, no, to Chile. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that bega- began, and then here came Al through the door, my husband, to collect me because we were going to dinner. And we looked at each other and looked at Carlos and both said, come on home to our place, Carlos. You don't need to find a camping spot. So he did, and we became friends and followed him on his journey all the way biking for the next year and a half. He'd already, he'd already been biking around the world. He started in France and went through Eurasia, over the Crimea, um, Iran, China, Taiwan, flew over to Vancouver Island, and then was waiting for the snow to melt so he could cycle over the Rocky Mountains to get, well, as far as here. And then that's why he was checking his emails here. So mm-hmm. Carlos became quite the story and quite the adventurous friend in our world. And those were both great, great days in my library wow. career. I know. I'm always so surprised with, you know, the people that you, you meet at the library and how much you can interact and get to know someone even just in a short period of yes. time. Sometimes it takes years with some patrons and you might only get four words out of them. Yes. And then sometimes someone comes in and you just hit it off. Um, speaking about yourself and all the interesting people you, you meet and, and everything like that. Do you have any personal hobbies or interests that connect with your work here? Kind of a lead-in question, I know. <laughs> I kind of know the answer, but... <laughs> oh, okay, so you want me to say the words cowboy poetry, maybe. Well, that's part of it. Uh, <laughs> but anything else, too, that mm-hmm. allows you to connect with the, the patrons as well? That would be the big one. It probably Many people who are listening to this probably know that I have a another life, and it's with Western poetry, and so I've been writing... and Well, I've been writing rhyming... I write, I write lots of kinds of poetry because some people listening will be part of our poetry group here at the library. And and there we all write many different forms of poetry. Specifically, I do have a life writing rhymed and metered Western poetry, cowboy poetry. And that has take, that takes me all over, well, North America, really. Mm-hmm. That's my other life. And, the, and how it ties into this job probably is A, our poetry circle and B, our Out Loud concert series because of my presence on stages throughout North America. I've met some fabulous entertainers, and uh, we can invite them to come and entertain for the folks here in Diamond Valley. With some of our wonderful patrons at the Lodge, I know that some of them can't always get to the library. Mm -hmm. So you're one of the very kind souls that order books in for them and, and help them with that. So I was wondering, with all of your knowledge with the books, do you have any personal recommendations for our listeners? Uh, any favorite author you'd like to recommend or titles? Well, I can... Um, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I have many. So I will... I think, Tegan, what I'll do is just tell you about the books that I'm reading. Because, mm-hmm. of course, I could go through this 
genre and this genre and this genre. And I, and there's some that I just don't, I know nothing about science fiction or fantasy or even um, bestseller whodunits. Those, those are my picks, although mm-hmm. I can, I can maybe steer a patron in those directions. But so I'm just going to tell you what I've been reading mm-hmm. lately. Well, best book of my life, top five. I just finished it. Um, and it was called uh, The Covenant of Water by Abraham Verghese. And I'm not big on bestsellers. Sometimes I am and sometimes I'm not. But mm-hmm. just because it's a current bestseller doesn't mean that it's going to be my favorite book. Yeah. This one, oh my goodness. Highly recommended for the for the shimmering language and the craftsmanship of how this complicated generational story goes together and the memorable characters who I have found myself talking about this book or lines or scenes or quotes even from this book ever since I read it last month I think um, it's that good that it's stuck with me. It's still stuck in your brain. Um, Barbara King Solver. Oh, you want me to? Uh, if you could say the, <laughs> yes. the title once more, okay. and then also the author, okay. if you have it. Okay. So. Uh, the title is "The Covenant of Water." Mm-hmm. The author is Abraham Verghese. Starts with a V. V E R, and he also wrote. Um, uh, uh, what's under the V on our? Uh, he wrote uh, "Cutting for Stone." Cutting for Stone. Oh, okay. Yes. There we go. And you had one other book recommendation Oh, I've got, as well? yeah, well, I'll give you, I'll give you, um, uh, for nonfiction, my current picks are Ben McIntyre. He writes, um, it's not true crime, but it's a lot about uh, sort of the spy world or um, espionage. And as a credit to this writer, I will say this, I don't really give two figs about spies or espionage. It's not my area of interest Mm -hmm. but his books are so gobsmacking and tightly woven and full of thrilling page turner facts and well researched so he's great john valent v-a-i-l-l-a-n-t i I think he's canadian and oh he's a brilliant researcher and a book that comes to mind is the tiger another one is the golden spruce another one is about the fort mcmurray fire um, h- highly recommended, and maybe that's enough. Okay. Come, come and see me in the library <laughs> if you want more. Yes, exactly. Doris has wonderful suggestions, and thank you so much, Doris, for coming in and talking to our listeners. We're slowly growing more and more people, so I hope that uh, we get a bunch more people coming in and asking for well, recommendations. Well, I enjoyed chatting, obviously, with you and about our library and about our patrons and about books. So come on in, everybody, and say hello and come to the world's greatest library. Please listen to the second part of this podcast coming right up. In that episode, we'll be talking to Susan and Catherine and completing our staff interviews.